0: Right. As we've been traveling through the psalms and experiencing the the ways in which these psalmists have lived and experienced life. right? We've seen different cross-sections of how life can be both a joy but also a struggle. The ways in which everything seems to go fine and all of a sudden take a sharp turn and... We find ourselves down in the muck and the mire of the mud, looking for some kind of salvation, feeling that God is far off. And yet we find in those moments that God is even closer than we could imagine. Pulling us up and out of that place and setting us on a new path to experience new and abundant life. Our psalm today, Psalm 146, right, is, is... at the tail end of the book of Psalms. Um, there are 150 in total. This one happens to be four from the end. Uh, but it comes as part of a collection. Where Psalms 144 to 150. All incorporate this same theme of offering praise. Ending this collection of prayer music on a high note, giving thanks for the way that God has persisted with us in life and reflecting on the ways that God's presence and God's goodness among us transform our lives in a way that make it worth living all the more. Psalm 146 gives praise for the God who walks with us even when we don't know God is near. And that God is worthy of our praise. It speaks of the God to whom we cry for when life takes a turn for the worst and we recognize that we can't save ourselves and that God who is near is worthy of praise. It speaks of the God who delivers us from our brokenness and reorients our lives to be lived as a surplus, given away for the sake of others. And that God who does all of these things is worthy of praise. We talked a couple weeks ago about praise. How praise is an active, full-bodied offering. How praise in this sense, for this psalmist, is, is bonded intimately to the expression of trust what we might call faith. How praise is tied to our life of trusting in God, how our worship, what we do and what we offer to God is bonded to the faith we have and the trust we offer to God, how our lives as a whole are bonded to the desires of God over and above all of our own wants or longings. The cycle of offering praise as an active, full bodied experience means that our faith too is active. An embodied expression of trust in the God who does great things for us. Take a step back and just glance through Psalm 146 again. It has a similar layout. To uh, the creeds, right? The confessions of faith that we as the church lift up before God. And and I don't think there's an accident in that. I think our creedal expression of, of who we believe God to be and what that means for us takes scriptures like this as a witness for how our entire lives might be an offering lifted up for the God who is worthy of our praise. Showing how our confession mirrors the Psalms and pointing us to the God who lives and deserves our devotion. Think of the creeds that we do profess as the church, right? We believe in, we trust in the God who made heaven and earth and all that is in them. We believe and we trust in God whose activity in this world brings justice to bear. For the oppressed and freedom for those who are bound by the wickedness of others. We believe and we trust in the God whose generosity ushers in a new creation. Drawing generations together by the Spirit to experience the unending faithfulness of God and God's love for us. So we sing, so we pray, so we believe. Praise the Lord. As we come to the end of the psalms, it's important to remember how we began with them. By reminding ourselves that psalms were used primarily in worship by God's gathered people to offer those things that exist within the depths of our being. So that God might take them, pull them in close and transform them for our sake and for the sake of the world. been talking a lot each week about how these are used in worship by God's people gathered together, but today I want to do a little something different and offer you the words of uh, an Old Testament scholar and professor at Luther Seminary uh, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, uh, who's named Rolf Jacobson, and speaking about this psalm, Rolf reminds us that the psalms as a whole are not meant primarily to be sung in worship. Rather, we are invited to come to worship in order that we might sing the songs in our daily life. So when we are wallowing neck deep in the mire of life, we are invited to sing the songs of lament. O oh Lord, have mercy. O oh Lord, how long? When we're experiencing the grace and the joy of life, we're invited to sing songs of of praise, thank you, God, thank you. And we were in a tough spot. But in that place, remember God's presence, we are invited to say, I trust you, O God, because you are with me. And when we see God at work in the world, wherever it may be, we are invited to point to God's invisible hand at work and say, praise the Lord. gift that these psalms offer is that we know now how to carry them beyond this place of worship into the places where God walks with us throughout our days. We see the recurring themes of scripture that God has come near to us and raises us up for goodness and for love. We see the recurring themes of Scripture that even though people throughout time and across generations are scolded for their lack of faithfulness and trust, turning to idols in greed and looking to material goods as a source of power and security, God consistently reminds us of God's enduring faithfulness and trust toward us. God doesn't go back on God's word And is trustworthy for our sake. God has called us to participate in that divine life and mission of feeding the hungry and releasing the prisoners and healing the blind and shielding orphans and widows from wicked designs. And God trusts in us that we would join Him in that work. God believes in us to remain faithful to this promise that life will be a persistent little bugger. No, everyone will not experience the same grace and mercy. We all know places where suffering persists as we actively pray for peace. But I think what psalms like this one do is they remind us that We are not alone. God has not and will not abandon us. God does not leave us the way we are. God, who gave us Jesus, that we may know the fullness of life, gives us to the world and to others that they may know it too. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord. Because I can't imagine what life would be like if it were just the same old muddy mess every single day. This movement from orientation to the chaos of disorientation to the new life of reorientation, this cycle of our entire life, the cycle of death and resurrection. Where Jesus goes to the places where none of us want to be found and yet we are there and says, I love you. I forgive you, you are mine, come with me and experience the fullness of life that I have for you. This cycle of death and resurrection that joins us to God is plastered across creation and written deep within the hearts of those whom God knows and loves. We find it in the witness of these Psalms and of the saints We experience it as a consequence of our baptism into the death and resurrection of Jesus' own life. And we follow it as it shapes our own discipleship that is empowered by the life of the Spirit, the encouragement of Christian community, and the nourishment of Christ's own body and blood. We see it everywhere, so much so that sometimes we forget God is near. Because we take God for granted, but the Psalter ends in the place that it does because it reminds us that God can't be taken for granted anymore. God's too persistent. And our life would be so, so far worse off otherwise. Verse 5, happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord their God. I I think all of us long to experience that sense of happiness in the presence of God. The joy that comes with knowing that God's got this, God's got us. And in God, we can hope and trust that death does not have the last word. But the thing about that verse is, it really isn't talking about happiness or joy. The same word for happiness in the Old Testament is also the same word for blessed or blessing. Blessed are those who have the God of Jacob. For their help. Happiness doesn't begin to cover the extent of what God does to us and for us. It's so much more than just this feeling that we get of of bliss. It's an encounter with the Spirit who raises us up and transforms us and sets us on a different path, a path Of abundant life that God promises to each and every one of us. As proof. Proof that God remains faithful to us in love and in mercy and in justice. Which means that because of who God is and what God does for us. We are a blessed, changed, different people. People who are filled with life beyond comparison or description. Praise the Lord because that life is a persistent little bugger. We're not stuck in that cycle of suffering and death. We get to live a new life by God's mercy and favor. So why do we waste it? Insisting that our old life is better and the current one is good enough. Because we could have so much more. It's already been given to us. It's right here at the tip of our fingerprint tips. We, we experience it so often and yet are tempted to take it for granted. And so remember that the Psalms end with a word of praise, reminding us that God persists. God is near because doing the right thing doing the faithful thing doing that which God calls us to in freeing the captives and raising up the lowly putting all of our trust in God for all matters of life it's neither easy nor convenient but that act of praise is faithful Right. We say that we don't trust in princes, our government, right? the leaders whose power is meant to serve because right, we see the abuses that happen. We experience the suffering. We experience the pain. We see how it does no good. But how easily do we begin to lay blame at their feet when the world doesn't go the way we think it should? Because really what we're doing is we're deceiving ourselves and investing all of our hope in the next politician, the next entrepreneur, the next charismatic character who promises us the world, forgetting that it's not theirs to give us in the first place. Trusting in God so deeply, offering ourselves in praise fully and faithfully that, that songs of praise never leave our mouth. Transforms us to see that God's work in the world is far more generous, far more fulfilling, far more joyful and blessed than anything that we could ever work out for ourselves. And I think so often the world is, is hesitant to do that. Because it comes with a recognition that God's work will outlive you and me and last one of us There are things that we just can't do because we are limited and yet thanks be to God that we are invited to participate in this divine mission of life that is persistent and relentless and never ending through water and word and wine and wheat Thanks be to God that we have a lifetime to offer praise by joining in God's work as a sign that we are participating in that abundance of life here and now. Thanks be to God that we get to share in the joy of God's reign to show others that God is actively working to bless and redeem us now, that we don't have to wait Thanks be to God that we have the opportunity to devote ourselves to a lifetime of worship and witness as proof of what God has already done for us in the resurrection life of Jesus. Praising God in this way beyond what we are equipped here to do in this space fulfills the blessing of this psalm. That all generations may come to know God's reign of love and mercy beyond our years and beyond the years of our children. That for all the pain and the uncertainty and the suffering and the grief and the death that persists against us and separates us from one another, God is even more persistent. Promising that these things do not and will not have the last word for us. Jesus is our proof. The Spirit is our guarantee. The praise is our thanksgiving. And people of God, may it never cease. Amen.